Today's sponsor is Stamps.com. Avoid trips to the post office. Use Stamps.com to buy and print official U.S. postage right from your computer. Go to Stamps.com today to sign up for a special offer. Click on the microphone at the top of the homepage and type in decode. Today is also sponsored by Audible.com, which has more than 180,000 audiobooks and spoken word audio products. Get a free audiobook of your choice at audible.com slash decode. Recode Radio presents Recode Decode, hosted by Kara Swisher, powered by digital media. Hi, I'm Kara Swisher, executive editor of Recode. You may know me as the star of the hit reality show Sweeping Up with the Swishers, but in my spare time I talk tech and you are listening to Recode Decode, a podcast about tech and media's key players, big ideas, and how they fit in the changing world we live in. Today in the red chair we have Niccolo DeMasi, the CEO of Glue Mobile. Glue might not be a household name, but you've probably seen its mobile games, which have included Kim Kardashian Hollywood, Deer Hunter, and the recently released Katy Perry Pop. Welcome, Niccolo. Pleasure to be here. Thanks for coming in. So I am not a big game player, but I want to, I want to talk about a bunch of things, including these new games, especially the celebrity games. And you just started this Katy Perry one, and you're well known for the hit that you had with Kim Kardashian. But first, give me a little background of how you got into this and Glue itself, because people don't usually know the makers of these games. They know the games themselves. That's true. And one of the reasons for that, I think, is that the game business is pretty young. Mm-hmm. You know, the film industry is... The mobile game Mobile business. games is pretty young. Right. Even consoles, relatively young compared yeah. to the film business. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I think I think 100 years from today, hopefully people will have heard of uh, Glue the same way they've heard of, you know, MGM and so on. Um, we've been going 14 years, actually. Okay. Uh, and Publix since Mark Show 7. Mm-hmm. I'm just finishing my sixth year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's, of course, been a tremendous amount of, frankly, development, evolution, uh, and endless Moore's Law-like pioneering in the game space on, on cell phones the past 14 years. You know, right. When I started in this industry, a black-and-white snake game on your Nokia device was considered cutting edge. Mm-hmm. Today, you have effectively last-generation console power in your pocket. Mm-hmm. You know, everyone's carrying around, effectively, a computer with them. Right. So when you're talking about those snake games, was that when you started? Was, were you the creator of the famous snake games? No, no, I, w- I wasn't. I was working in the mobile music space at the time, right. actually 15 years ago. I've Which was also space. very crude. It, it was early as well, yeah. yeah. And I went from music. I ran a public company in the UK in the, in the music space 10 mm-hmm. years ago. I got into the games business actually because I recognized when the iPhone was announced in 07 that there probably wasn't going to be any margin left for someone like me who was trying to make a profit off – Sitting between labels and carriers. Right, absolutely. It's still <laughs> that's, that's it's still turned an issue. out to be exactly correct. <laughs> yeah. I'll tell yes, you, it and, continues uh, to be an it's issue. Spot on. And yeah. and I, I at the time I was dealing with the same sort of thing. I had a public company in London called Monster Mob Group PLC, which was dealing with the same things that Pandora and Spotify, you know, tackle today in terms of there's always another performing rights association sure. that's going with for their hands percent. out. Yes, right. hands out. Yeah. So I got into gaming because you know I went look. Um, I, I do believe in the future of computers in people's pockets everywhere. Mm-hmm. I think you have 20 years of effectively exciting revolutions to be had mm-hmm. when you think about emerging markets and developed markets. Um, but I, I've got to be able to own much more of the value chain. Right. And gaming has been the secret of that for, for my career. So mm-hmm. Glue is my second games company, second public company, third mobile media business I've run in the past 11 years. So talk about the nature of mobile gaming right now from where it was to where it is now. Yeah, so – Glue, uh, when I joined, was still building feature phone games, what we'd call today a dumb phone game. Right. So, mm-hmm. you know, color was an innovation. You know, sure. color, yeah. <laughs> color was exciting. Yeah. Any semblance of 3D uh-huh. was exciting in 2005, 6, 7. And when I joined Glue, we made three big pivots. We had to get out of the feature phone business and right. the smartphone business, out of the paid Which was post business. iPhone. It was post iPhone. Probably the moment that changed, mm-hmm. correct? Mm-hmm. 
Well, it was it pre was Android posts or Android. Yeah, right, well, let's see. So when I joined Glue late oh nine, late twenty ten, Android didn't even have an app purchase right, in the they store. Didn't. So that started, you know, sort of March eleven. So it was early days of the store, and then it became in app purchases were obviously the revolution on the App Store. Um, and so we threw all of our energy at Glue behind becoming a free-to-play games company, becoming a smartphone games company, and actually trying to do more original IP in mm-hmm. the portfolio mix. That you own and have rather uh-huh. than have to... Exactly. So we own things like the Deer Hunter brand ourselves. Mm-hmm. We own the Dash franchise. As opposed to Madden football where they have exactly. to pay. Exactly. Right? Yeah, exactly. It's end- endless licensing, royalties, approvals, etc. Um, we own you know, we own Racing Rivals. So the vast majority of Glue's portfolio is actually wholly owned IP. Uh, believe it or not, the celebrity games are sort of the exception to the rule. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're an exception that we're willing to make because, in my opinion, people, a sort of personalization of media, is an enduring trend. Mm-hmm. And what you get from a person that you don't have from static IP, well, even if it's good static IP like Marvel or Star Wars, is we have this tremendous social base that's effectively inbuilt promotion. Right. And it's a living and breathing intellectual property as opposed to something that has been fixed in time. Right. Um, so, yeah, Glue lose about 800 people. We ship about 10-ish games per year. We have offices all over the world, and we're NASDAQ listed. Ticker so, is GLUU. So, but ga- mobile gaming has had its up and down. Look at Zynga and others. What's happened in the space? And then you, of course, have all your competitors from Korea, a number of them from China and other places. How, what does the full market look like right now? What, where is it and where are the big players? If you explain it to yeah. people who don't. I mean, this, the center of gravity for, for all gaming, in my opinion, is moving to Asia. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tencent is actually Glue's biggest shareholder. They mm-hmm. put $126 million in. In April, uh, about $6 a share, and they got one board seat for that. You've seen a number of those deals happen. You, mm-hmm. know, uh, you had Alibaba put money into Kabam. Mm-hmm. More of the capital is flowing now from, from east Ch- to west. From certainly. Asia here, from that's Korea, true. Korea, Korea, China particularly active. Japan mm-hmm. was active, 2010, 2011, Engie Moko, Open Faint. But right. Most recently, it's been China and Korea, I think. Um, you had NetMarble you know, effectively take yep. a stake in SGN and LA. So I think that what's happening, uh, not only on phones, but also in the PC space, is that whilst console is not going away, it's sort of here to stay, the latest generation shown that for the West, mm-hmm. console will not supplant you know, the sort of PC culture in Korea and China and some of the phone culture you've got uh, you know, in those markets. And so I think you're seeing a shift in the power and the profits of this industry both today and for the next 10 years, towards those markets. You right. also see troubled companies, again, like Zynga and Rovio. Mm-hmm. They've just had a new CEO again. And, all and these all were, nodding China and Korea. Right, exactly, <laughs> exactly. So is that yeah. why? or what's the? What, so you see that. So it's somewhat confusing that there's these enormous growth and then there's these troubled companies. Well, so Zynga, I would argue, the mobile hasn't been the up and down. It's been the up. The mm-hmm. Facebook's been the down. Right. So that business... Where they did, they put all their, right. put all their and, marbles in a billion in dollars of Facebook canvas revenue running off to... A lot less. Mm-hmm. Potentially, I don't know you think about Facebook's business, but mm-hmm. I think mobile will keep growing and right. Facebook Canvas will probably keep shrinking for everyone involved. Mm-hmm. So then that, that's sort of internal decline. And that's where they made their big bet. Right. And they have to replace all that revenue. Glue had to replace all of our feature phone revenue with smartphone revenue. But I did it, frankly, quite aggressively in 2010, 11, and 12. So I mm-hmm. ran off the feature phone business in three years and we right. built a smartphone business. Which and is by, tough for companies to do. It's tough to do publicly. Mm-hmm. Very tough. So I have, I have a lot of sympathy for where Zynga is because I did the same thing, albeit in the smartphone feature phone space. Um, and then, of course, once you get past that, for me it was 2014 really, mm-hmm. um, 2013 a little bit, mostly 14, 15, you start to grow again because you don't have this legacy business that has to be compensated for mm-hmm. effectively. So when I stand back in the overall gaming space – Rovio, for example, they had a hot, hot game. Rovio's a one-hit wonder, classic one-hit 
hit wonder issue. Right. And Glue, you know, when I joined Glue, I was cognizant of one, can I own more of the value chain? Sure. Two, I never want to be a one hit wonder business. So we've mm-hmm. always shipped double digit numbers of games a year. And that makes us a little bit unique in the West, certainly. Mm-hmm. Most people here, you know, big businesses like Machine Zone, one super game. Supercell, a super game. Mm-hmm. Rovio had Angry Birds, a super game. And I remember when that one came out and I had lots of investors asking why I couldn't just ship that. And I said, trust me, it'll never be repeated. You know, mm-hmm. Sure mm-hmm. enough, you know, it hasn't been repeated. Why is that? Why don't they? You think success attracts success or attracts games mm-hmm. or what happens? Well, so I think what often happens uh, for companies that haven't built up a culture of – we're going to be a effectively a design, learning, production factory, mm-hmm. and we're going to be broader than one game, one genre. Is inevitably tastes can change. Right. Consumer sentiment does they change. They always do. Yeah, I, I'd say always, but you know, yeah. being generous to firms yeah. that are in one genre, you know, it, it changes the questions how quickly and can you migrate your experience in the case of games that are updated every week or two relentlessly. Mm-hmm. Where do you migrate your experience to? You know, Angry Birds didn't migrate. It's still, you know, it's still effectively an avian physics mm-hmm, <laughs> physics puzzle game, if you want to call it that, basically. Right. And, you know, it had its moment. It had a very big moment at that. They're capitalizing well on it in the broader sense of the word. The film might do well. They're trying to sort of branch Maybe. out. We'll see. Comic books, et cetera. Maybe. Exactly. Could right. be the moment or well, not so the moment. pigs and birds you can take. There well. you go. Zombies um, and plants, things like that. That's true. And, and so my perspective has always been, you know, catching consumer sentiment and zeitgeist that's a tricky thing for companies to, to deliver on mm-hmm. relentlessly. And it's a Hollywood of. business, really. It, it is. And so what's happened in Hollywood is the same as the music business, which is you have consolidation and you have master labels, master, you know, call it film studios that have a portfolio and a big catalog, and they're diversified. Same thing has happened in the game space. Glue, Glue and EA take this strategy in the West. You know, they're pretty broad portfolios mm-hmm. because I figure I can't predict if this is the year of the zombie shooter or right. next year is. Right. But I'm going to build a zombie shooter and I'll also build a time it's management game. It's always the year of the zombie, it, it seems like. Well, it, r- lately that's been true. Yeah. But more broadly, let's look at you know sh- genres we're big in, shooters, time management games, sports, racing, and obviously celebrity you know games effectively. Well, we'll get to that in a second after a word from our sponsor. You know that feeling you get when you can get things done with just a click of your mouse? It can't get more convenient than that. And now you can get even more of your mailing and shipping done without having to leave your desk thanks to Stamps.com. Stamps.com turns your PC or Mac into your own personal post office that never closes. Buy and print official U.S. postage for any letter or package using a computer and printer. Then just hand your mail to the mailman or drop it in the mailbox. You'll never have to go to the post office again, which I think we all feel that should be something that happens in our lives. Uh, Stamps.com is so easy to use and convenient. Try it today. Sign up at Stamps.com and use my promo code DECODE for this special offer. A four-week trial plus a $110 bonus offer, including postage and a digital scale. Don't wait. Go to Stamps.com, and before you do anything else, click on the microphone at the top of the homepage and type in DECODE. That's Stamps.com. Enter DECODE. We are here with Niccolo Damasi, chairman and CEO of Glue Mobile, which has very popular games, among them Deer Hunter, and some celebrity games from Kim Kardashian and now Katy Perry. We've been talking about the state of the mobile gaming industry, which is a really, it's a constantly changing one. And you are, one of the things that's gotten you well known is Kim Kardashian. Talk a little bit about that. We had her on stage at uh, Code Mobile. Mm-hmm. Last year, and she was quite articulate about why she did it. She has success all over social media and other places, even though people don't tend to take her as seriously as they probably should. No, she's been a great partner. She's an incredible businesswoman, and I think this partnership between you know Kim and I has worked well, sort of at a personal level in terms of how we brainstorm, how I get approvals from her in, mm-hmm. in short amounts of time. Mm-hmm. And she recognized when I first brought the idea to her that this could be good for 
not just her brand, but glues, uh, right. ultimately. Um, how did you bring the idea to her? How do you like go, ah, yes, Kim Kardashian? You know, you had tried this game with other celebrities, is that correct? Or? No, we never tried it with a celebrity before. We, yeah, you, we'd built it a couple of times before without any brand at all other than so just, just, you know, ourself. We just dress called up it and stardom. Shop. Stardom. Yeah, it was, it was stardom, stardom. Work your way, you know, from, from nowhere to somewhere. Right. And it had, and we noticed in 2012, uh, when we put out two prior versions of it, that it had a small audience base, but it had some pretty loyal, generally female fans who retained and who monetized had pretty, pretty solid lifetime values, frankly. Mm-hmm. And what I was looking for as a future iteration of that that game was a way to broaden out the appeal. You know, mm-hmm. if you can take a game with, with a great lifetime value in our right. industry and you can 10x the audience base, you're on to a potentially you know fantastic mm-hmm. uh, long lifetime game that can be marketed far and wide right. uh, and can take on a life of its own. So believe it or not, I went down to to Hollywood, so to speak. Um, Did you have a list like of who you wanted? Or no, I actually didn't approach anybody else other than her for this particular game. But mm-hmm. I actually took the same approach for a number of other partnerships that we struck. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we built a James Bond game, we built a Terminator game, we built a Mission Impossible right. game, and we built a Kim game. Nothing's worked nearly as well as obviously obviously the Kim partnership. Um, and a lot of that I put down to this personalization of media and the fact that she's a brand, she's a promoter, but she's also able to uniquely twist the physical and the virtual worlds together. Mm-hmm. And that can't be done with static IP. Mm-hmm. So I think this personalization of media will continue to trump static Hollywood brands in the interactive gaming so what space. What does that mean? Because you could you were just talking earlier about the idea of things come and go. The Kardashians don't seem to come and go. They yeah. seem to stay. Just but keeps, keeps growing. How did you? Why did you think of her? What was the? What in that thing that you're to the concept yeah. you're talking about? So I was looking for somebody, uh, and, and initially we chatted in, uh, let's say, sort of the middle of 2013. Her game came out June 22nd, 14. So we're sort mm-hmm. of 18 months into it, um, and it takes about a year to to build a good game, as sure. I'm sure you've heard. Um, I was looking for somebody who had a large social following, so potential to drive a big audience base. Mm -hmm. But the two other factors, and she does, two other factors are actually equally important to us, which are, you know, does the aspiration of your fan base fit the core game mechanic that we already know monetizes? And then the third thing is, do you want to do this? Will you be a good partner? Because, Mm -hmm. you know, the history of all IP partnerships is some some horror stories out there, as I'm sure you've heard, right? right? And believe it or not, those are the criteria that we've continued to roll with uh, mm-hmm. as we've signed up You know, people like Katy Perry and Britney Spears, Nicki Minaj. There's, there's a whole roadmap of this. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're big believers in where this trend can go because ultimately if you have 100 million social followers, well, you know, Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and Snapchat aren't monetizing this for you. No. you know, you're building equity value for them. They're not doing anything return for you other than providing <laughs> a broadcast platform. Yeah. Glue is effectively monetizing someone's social following, someone's brand. Right. Um, and Kim got that really in the first phone call we had. Um, mm-hmm. you know, right off the bat, she thought that the we had captured her, her, her character perfectly you know, for the icon that we showed her, what she looked like in the game. Mm-hmm. And she understood what the stardom game would mean and she understood it was a good fit. And she also understood that this could be something that we could you know, make into a tremendous phenomenon if we could you know, properly connect – uh, her sort of real world with what the game updates would be. Right. So she is involved with it. I, I can't imagine she sits there and codes. You know, even I don't. Even you don't. But she's. <laughs> but she is involved in the creative aspect of mm-hmm. it, reflecting her. Correct. Absolutely. So from you know from the first, let's call it alpha build, when you can mm-hmm. see what's going on in the game, she's been involved. I mean, she approves, and I do it directly with her. I and mean, we we trade sometimes mm-hmm. you know three or four emails a day. Even mm-hmm. you know we approve all imagery, we approve all narrative, mm-hmm. uh, and we brainstorm on you know characters to bring to the game, features to bring, locations, vacations, mm-hmm. things that are new in in her world. How- 
do you keep it fresh? Because this is the idea of you said these things have their one-hit wonders and then they go mm. away. How do you – what's the difficulty of doing that when you have celebrities? Is it people – I played this game enough or – well, what we're trying to do obviously is pick people that have been around a mm-hmm. while and we think are on a, on a positive trend in their own right. And Kim's mm-hmm. social following was growing even before we, uh, you know, we, we partnered. Although I think the game has helped, frankly, grow her celebrity mm-hmm. social following from 70 million when we, we first met to something like 130 million today. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it can be a positive effect. But also, you know, we're looking to turn these games into, frankly, permanent services, mm-hmm. sort of almost like permanent cable TV channels, right. permanent, call it late night TV, maybe. You know, the, it's the Kim TV show, but instead of just Sunday, 30 minutes, you know, an hour, you have to tune in or you miss it or record it. Effectively, what these games are doing is giving you what's the latest on Kim? access to Kim's world whenever you want. The average person's playing thirty minutes a day. Actually, mm-hmm. wow. sort of five six minute sessions is what you're seeing, mm-hmm. or six five minute sessions, something like that, approximately. And the so, numbers have stayed the same. No, they've got to have gone down, correct? Well, yeah, there certainly was a peak. There was right. probably there was a peak when there were certainly you know many millions of people a day playing. Right. There's less than that today, but it's. I'll put it this way: the rate, the ratings on our game, if it were a TV series, would still be pretty interesting by all sort of you know cable channel. So you know, you've moved to Katy Perry. This is your second biggest mm-hmm. celebrity game. Now, mm-hmm. explain why you picked Katy. So we were looking for another genre than than reality initially, and so we looked at the sports space, we looked at the music space. What you find when you start to look at the most popular people in the world is that actually women are much more adept at building and maintaining large social followings than men. Mm-hmm. So the top 10, 20 most popular, most followed people in the world are women, and they tend to be female musicians, actually. Right, Nicki Minaj, uh, Britney Spears, <clears throat> Taylor yeah, Swift. Exactly, exactly. Right. Um, you don't get down to men until you, you group them together. The, you know, the, the Rock's, not uh, he's, rocks not, he's not there. top 10. He's over 100, million. he's not top 10. One Direction. One, One Direction. Is the, sure. But of course, that's a group. That's a right. group. You know, kind yeah. of, they're, they're, they're huge, but they're a group. Yeah. So... What we wanted to do was, of course, push into other genres, and we wanted to make sure that we did so with, you know, the premier person, so to mm-hmm. speak. It admittedly, you know, wasn't trivial. Again, getting in touch with Katie's and her management team, right, right. and walking, you know, her through what the potential could be, because you know she's arguably the most popular person in the world, right. musician at peak, right. you know, tremendous business Why uh, in its I own do right. Do I have the time is a real issue, right. actually. With musicians sure. like her at the, at the peak of touring, yeah. how can I even roll with you? I can't, right. I can't do three or four emails a day, sure. you know, kind of thing. Um, so that took some time for us to, to work through as well as the creative vision. And it's been, it's been an analogous process but a, a different one. I mean Katie's mm-hmm. – uh, you know, she's incredible attention to detail. Just like him, you know, huge involvement in narrative story arcs, um, what the features will be, what the game could be about, what her personal creative vision and flair is about. She's been, you know, fantastic partner for, you know, voiceover work, video work, all this stuff. Really, really remarkable mm-hmm. professional. I mean, she's mm-hmm. used to doing costume yeah, stages, changes in, in seconds on stage. Right. You know, we spent we spent a day doing you know VO and video uh, work for the game, and and I've never seen someone go through so many costumes so quickly and, mm-hmm. and efficiently. Kind of thing. It was quite it was quite remarkable. But I remember you know it's the training. You know, exactly. Yeah. You do this you know on, on stage for yeah. tens of thousands of viewers at a time. Um, and and so what we've been endeavoring to do obviously. Is, is crack the music, the personal music gaming space. Right. This is not a game about her music, nor is it a deal that was struck with her label. All right. So this is struck so, with her as a person. Right. And this is about her journey 
as a person, ultimately. Mm, I uh, see. From, you know, from sort of wanting to be a musician. So it's not just changing costumes, which is what I fully no, expect. No, 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 no. It's, it's, about, it's about how you make it the music industry, effectively. Right. Um, with, but there will be costumes. There will be costumes and outfits, um, right. but it's not a fashion-centric no, game. It's about, you know, how do you, how do you find the right people to work in the music business? How do you, of course, you know, make a great album? How do you promote it? Mm-hmm. And it has some, you know, this game has some unique features in it that we worked very hard to bring out to ensure that there was, you know, differentiation with the rest of the landscape. Mm-hmm. Because whilst we have the number one, uh, you know, celebrity game out there, and I think Katy Perry will, will turn out to be the, you know, tied for that in the long term, we're not What's the only the person doing one? this. What's the well, other? There's other people. I mean, I wasn't the first to build a celebrity game. We're just mm-hmm. the best. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so, right, you know, so there's been Demi Lovato. There's yeah. been Eminem. There's been Snoop Dogg. There's I've been never seen Avicii. the Eminem game. Well, right. you probably haven't seen a lot of these. And, right. and the reason for that is, like with making movies, you can make a lot of movies, only so many so hits so a year. So many good years. So who else are you talking to? Nicki Minaj? I would like to play a Nicki we've Minaj got, game. We've actually got a Kylie and Kendall game coming uh-huh. out in Q1. I would not like to play that game, I'll be honest But there are a lot of people that will. Yes, that's, I get that's it. Look, I get it. That's looking strong in beta. All right, okay, all right. We've got Britney. We've got Spears. We've got Nicki Minaj. And then we've said that we've signed another approximately 350 million social followers mm-hmm. on my last earnings call. Mm-hmm. Haven't announced who they are yet. Mm-hmm. So watch this space. There'll be some announcements All right, you got to have a Taylor out. Swift game. And then you can agonize <laughs> Which, over I, you know, there's, there's She doesn't have a game. That's interesting. She, she could have she, such a fascinating game. She certainly could. And I think there's some of the men you know, that you, you've yeah. mentioned, The Rock, Vin right. Diesel. We've done Jason Statham right. uh, already in a shooter game. Yeah. Um, but you know, there's a broad, broad genre celebrity's here. celebrity's not your big area, correct? Like, it's about want... a quarter of the roadmap right. for Glue. Okay. So right. you know, not, you know, a wholly owned IP is the super But they probably all saw the Kardashian thing, the rumors of the money. Did she really make that much money? So one, we've not disclosed Kim's personal royalty share. What we have disclosed is that the game's made something like $140 million in its first, I That's think, revenue. five quarters. That's mm-hmm. sort of top line mm-hmm. you know, revenue. Uh, Apple, of course, get to cut from that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you know, Glue has costs and Kim's you know, got a royalty as well. Um, if you look at our quarterly reports, what you can see is that we pay across the whole business about 11% of glue revenues are going on some kind of royalty payment. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so if you so sort of Kim's, break it yeah. down, you know, you, you can guesstimate that it's a meaningful minority right. of the revenue, I'll put it I that see. way. Okay. You know, it's, it's a, it can be f- for, you know, my, my aspiration, of course, is to be meaningful because you get people's time and attention. Well, yeah, I think that gets their attention right? quite a yeah, bit. And, the, and, and also and the fame is, is another area for their success that they don't have to rely on their traditional Correct. And I think that's a big trend that Glue is playing into, which right. is if you're a musician today, you know, live performance, right. really important income stream. Maybe right. it's number one. You know, merchandising, sponsorship, big income stream. I want gaming to be number three. Right. Well, it certainly has been. Now, a word from another sponsor. If you're always on the go like myself and don't have time to sit down and read, audible.com is a great source to be able to catch up on the latest bestsellers. Listen to it while on the road or at the gym. Audible.com is a leading provider of premium digital audio information and entertainment on the internet. Audible content includes more than 180,000 audiobooks and spoken word audio products. Audible carries audiobooks in every genre imaginable. Business, classics, history, self-development, just to name a few. Nicola, what do you think I should listen to next? What I'm, book? I, you know, I like? read a fair amount of, of history and sort of civilization-based books, mm-hmm. but uh, Peter Thiel's Zero to One is, if you haven't read it, it's well worth it. Ah, interesting. Does he read it? Does Peter Thiel yeah, read his he own read book? It? Yeah, sometimes <laughs> they do, because I don't know if I could endure that, but maybe. Uh, you know, I, I've, I, from, the, from the gaming industry, I have found his book remarkably relevant yes, because we're is. such a competitive industry. Yeah, I'm reading Andy Groh's book has been re-released. Audible is offering our, thank you for that, Audible is offering our listeners a free audiobook of your choice and a free 30-day trial membership. Just go to audible.com slash decode and choose from over 180,000 audio programs. Download a title free and start listening. It's that easy. 
Go to audible.com slash decode. That's audible.com slash decode and get started today. We're here with Niccolo Damasi. He is the chairman and CEO of Glue, which is a very successful gaming company. We're talking about gaming. We're talking about Kim Kardashian, Katy Perry. And I want to talk a little bit now about the future of mobile gaming, VR, and where it's headed. The gaming industry's had an up-and-down history so far, although there's hits and then things go awry, like with Rovio and Angry Birds or Zynga. Um, You guys have had a lot of success in the mobile gaming space. There's a lot of uh, different players coming in, especially from Asia. Where is it going? Like, eventually, we're not going to be playing these games on these smartphones, correct? Or, or not? Maybe you think – you said 20 years, I noticed, before. No, I, I so I actually think that gaming on all platforms is what the future is about. So okay. I talk often about sort of quad-screen future. Right. But I think Apple and Google and Amazon are trying to create for their users. You mm-hmm. know, you want one billing relationship – where you can effectively – one consumer relationship and you, they want to lock consumers into their four screens. You know, laptop, right. desktop, phone, tablet, living room. And less so desktop. Almost nothing. Correct yeah. Or? Well, laptop. I mean laptops are probably right. around a while. Right. Um, and, I, and I think that what's happening already is you know, Apple, you can play Kim's game on phones, tablets, and the Mac store. So mm-hmm. that hits desktop and laptop. Right. I think Apple TV, it's early days and that controller is not ideal no. obviously. None of them are. But, but none of them are. That's fair. But it will it will resolve itself. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think the future of gaming from a platform perspective is uh, – I've been quite public that I think Apple and Google are in pole position here. They're just such huge companies today that to grow from a half a billion to a trillion dollar market cap, they have to swallow right. other industries. Hence you know, cars. That's cars, banking, you know, right. it's like also entertainment. Mm-hmm. All this has to get swallowed and kind of disaggregated in a lot of ways. And what's interesting to me about mobile gaming is, you know, I wish – I do have my, mo- my moments when we're like, well – if I could have, you know, like the old days in the record labels, if I could have just packaged 10 games together and made you buy them all, I would definitely have a more profitable sure, sort of right. situation. Yeah, yeah, that's a nice way. But, but the to thing shove is, it down Exactly. Throats, but the yeah. thing is, we're, we're already profitable in an industry that has been, you know, effectively unbundled. Mm-hmm. So we're living the future of what record right. labels and, you know, right. film studios so and cable game companies by game, are afraid of. Game. game by game, it's got to live and die in its own right. right. Um, the storefronts are effectively open today. I mean, this whole walled garden stuff, in my opinion, went away once you got over a million mm-hmm. apps. I mean, there's two mm-hmm. million apps now. I mean, it's as open as it gets, frankly. Mm-hmm. Um, and and so I think that you're going to have competition, lesser descent from Samsung, a- Amazon, they're going to try. These are the companies you can string together the four screens. Mm-hmm. Apple and Google will keep you know, slugging it out because they can't afford to lose. Right. You can't afford to have a 2020 plan that says, I will cede one of these screens right. to my right. competitors. Right. All, all your services end up getting What is impaged. the most important screen right now? It would be the mobile screen. It's still a phone. phone. And I actually think the phone will retain primacy much longer than hmm. people think. Um, some examples. When you go on a business trip, right, mm-hmm. you never say, it's okay, I don't need my phone, I have my tablet. Right. But you might say, I left my PC at home, right. I don't, I don't, yes, I don't have my laptop. Yes, you will. We, we right? were just talking about that over lunch. We have a new show we're doing, and we're saying, why don't we ask everyone we interview if they had to leave one of these behind, which one would they do? Exactly. Right. And which phone one would you rather lose? You'd rather yeah. lose wallets usually than phones. Well, we're going to add in children too, so well, what okay, happens. Okay. Phone, child. <laughs> That's unfair. Uh, Let's stick to consumer electronics here. <laughs> right, you know, okay. um, the personalization of entertainment means that there, certainly in Asia, you have a lot of yeah. you know, teenagers who are playing games you know, in their bedrooms on their phone because phone. their parents are watching TV. And yeah. that, so you know, I look at the phone today in emerging markets as what the computer was in the 90s mm-hmm. in developed nations. Like if you had to pick – you're going to spend one month of your income. It's going to go on that, that phone. phone effectively. Yeah. So I think phones retain primacy. And that's really interesting for a company like Glue because I actually look at things like the Apple TV, Google TV world. That's an extension of my free-to-play game experience, mm-hmm. not the other way around. And I actually think that you know Nintendo, Sony – like consoles are going to be niche – 
high-end luxury products that survive in developed nations, mm-hmm. but in emerging markets, they don't they'll, be curiosities. they'll be curiosities. They'll be curiosities, actually. You know, you're, you're not digging up the ground to put in fiber mm-hmm. in emerging markets, but you can mask them. Mm-hmm. Masks are pretty efficient to get communication protocols out. They what cover about a lot more space. Uh, virtual reality? How do you look at that? I was just at a dinner the other night. One of the things I think is most important is how do you create for these so like we the creators have, don't yeah. exist. That's the. I mean, they're just starting to understand what works in a virtual reality, so rather we, than just looking around. Yeah, yeah. So we shipped Deer Hunter 2014 for the Oculus mm-hmm. here, right? Um, and that's out and actually generating money right. already, and it's generating. And the real uh, stuff is coming this fall, right? Soon. You mean soon. Rift or their new their their new product? Well, when you say right, when we say real stuff, though, they're inexpensive product, right? Right. I, I actually think that all the action of relevance for the mass market in the next three to five years, at least three years, is going to be mobile VR. Mm-hmm. And I am, and we are very excited about it as a company. This is, a st- um, this is either take your Oculus phone, or you stick yes, it in a cardboard. Stick it in, stick it in some you right. know, lens, sort of lens eyepiece. Right. But it's going to follow Moore's Law. And people aren't thinking about, I think, you know, two or three Moore's Law cycles from today, you're going to be taking you know, Oculus Rift, which is the more expensive one. That functionality probably will be the price point of Oculus Gear. Mm-hmm. Um, and Oculus Gear today is a pretty darn good experience for gaming. Uh, believe right. it or not. It's a pretty darn good experience for, for Deer Hunter uh, mm-hmm. gaming. Um, and we certainly are intending to to be big in this space across the kinds of games that Glue builds, which are, you know, shooters, celebrity, racing, sports, What's all these What's the difference well. in creating for that kind of visual display versus something you just look at with your phone? It's a very different, it's an immersive, obviously. It yes. creates a, a sense of sound. It has a higher mm-hmm. sound quality. It has a high, higher involvement by the users. So and it's different. more expensive to build because you've right. you got to do the 360 or you've got to think about all of that. Right. Um, what's different in that? In that, is there, Are there more opportunities for commerce in it? Oh, I, I want to buy that. Or what's, what do you think is no, important? No, I think it's long session. I think it's long session gaming, right? right. So a lot of the, mo- the revenue in mobile gaming comes from people, including our Kim game, who are playing it between meetings, mm-hmm. frankly, lunch break, in the restroom, during meetings probably. Right. You know, in the during, restroom. During, during, during school, I'm, doing, I'm playing it right now that exactly, we're talking right, to you. Right, you exactly. Know. That happens all the time. Yeah. Uh, you know, my board members do that during our meetings. Um, so, so, uh, We're texting, actually. Exactly. So, so ultimately, um, that piece of it will not be impacted by VR. What changes, I think, with mobile VR is kids in the back of the car, you're on the train, you're on the plane. That's a heck of a good experience compared mm-hmm. to most, you know, seat backs right. on a plane. Right. Um, and for $99, you're going to go a long way with that. So right. for the developer, it's more expensive. There's no doubt. You, it, it's dramatically more expensive to do 360. Mm-hmm. Think about programming your game to minimize motion sickness because mm-hmm. you have to play well with sure. the device. Which and is that being requires, fixed uh, quickly. It's always getting better, but yeah. you can always also do better. And yeah. humans are actually, you know, I'm sure you've read these articles. Humans have many more senses than the sort of, you know, the, yeah. the five or the right. six kind of thing. We have, we probably you know, 10 or 11. I think it'll be interesting when haptic touch really gets going. Where you, I just got a thing for CES where these guys are in Kickstarter. They're making a haptic suit that you play during games. So it start, it's pokes at you. Like you so put who, this entire... who figures out new hardware first? Adult companies and game companies, yes, right? Yes, so, yes. You know, so, so, yeah. so we're going to do yeah. our part. I didn't um, want to think about you know, haptic suits for porn. Yeah, exactly. We're, we're not pushing I'm, to that either. Yeah. But but ultimately, I actually I think about consumer hardware from a you know mass market penetration perspective. And to me, what's exciting about mobile VR is sub hundred dollar price points. Mm-hmm. That that ninety nine dollar more and more will go into ninety nine dollars and forty nine dollars mm-hmm. in the next three years. I think you have a chance to grow the install base not by a factor of two every year, but you could actually do a factor of ten. 
every year. You know, I don't know how many you think are going to be sold this Christmas next week, but like factors of 10 at that price point, really interesting. And they open up a world whereby mobile is becoming more immersive mm-hmm. without having to spend $300 on a console and sure. $1,000 on a TV. Sure. I was That's just really using a Viewmaster one. It was even good. I was just testing it. It was quite good. It was really interesting. I think it has. To, it does have to get beyond this. And gaming is the low-hanging fruit here for mm-hmm. a lot of these. But it'll be interesting when they try to get into full entertainment mode or travel or teaching someone how to speak or there's a whole thing around fear that you could solve psychological problems mm-hmm. using You them. could. It is a dystopian view of the future with everyone wearing these things and not interacting with each other. But that's a whole nother. Well, I'm sure you're an optimist as I am that, you know. He, no, I'm not. You're, I'm really, you're no, not. No. I, I think. I have he, teenagers. I've watched how they I think they the human react, you know, reactionary sort of, you know, instinct is strong. And what happens is like people go, they start to value the, the non, you know, VR time no, just as getting, much. No, I have teenagers. It's fascinating. I, my son just told me he met his girlfriend on Snapchat and he's never met her. So I'm like, I'm in a whole new world. of Never like, met her in person. Never okay. met her, but he has a great relationship. But VR Snapchat. will enhance that. Uh, I don't even want to think about that. <laughs> You've just led me down a path. Now I'm going to have to like call him immediately. Um, finishing up, where if you had to, to pick what you think the most creative thing and not your company mm-hmm. that you've seen come out of this area in the gaming area or where it's going or something you'd like to be invented, what do you imagine would be the most creative that you're actually in a game and really fighting or what – or shopping with Kim, or what do you? What's your dream? Yeah, so my my realistic dream is you know mobile VR meets video VR, and trying to create a new form of interactive entertainment. Mm-hmm. Actually, so I don't know exactly what that looks like, but our celebrity platform is obviously fertile ground for sure. this. Sure, um, you go with them. You know, what is it like to be in someone's or to be shoes, her? Yeah, know? to be yeah, her. Be be on you know be with Brittany on stage. You know what right. What's that like? And how do you how do you gamify that so that it's neither a reality TV series that's passive nor an interactive game where it's not just interactive but it's a full-on game. Um, I think there's going to be all sorts of room in between those two to sort of jumble up our definition of Mm -hmm. um, role-playing, role-playing games ultimately, um, to to jumble up the definition of being there and being them. Um, And I'm most excited, of course, about where that becomes mass market. Mm -hmm. There's always going to be the Ten thousand dollar, plug it into your ten thousand dollar, you know, right. supercomputer. That some to me of these role matter. playing things haven't worked. They've been remained small. A lot of these villages and communities. I'm, I'm blanking on the name. Yeah, yeah but our game, our Kim game, and our, even our mm-hmm. Kitty game to some extent, they are narrative role playing games. And right. so, what I mean by that is, you're making it's like the choose your own adventure novel. You're yeah. making decisions. Do I go do this? Right, do I do right. this? That kind of role playing can be programmatic. And what is the craziest thing you think to finish up? What is the craziest thing you've seen and coming? And you're like, oh, that's interesting. Maybe I should pay attention. The craziest thing I've seen actually is how well. I can give you more than one answer on that one. Sure. I think the, the Asian gaming companies um, are doing much more innovative inventing in Korea and China than people give them credit for. Mm-hmm. And they're figuring out how to make this relevant for the Western world much faster than people think. Right. So if I to give you a couple of predictions, I think VR is farther ahead than people think. I agree. And if you extrapolate for the next three years, it's going to move forward a lot faster in all walks of life. Mm-hmm. I think the center of – Gravity for gaming is moving to the east faster than people think. You're going to see a lot of acquisitions of Western companies by Eastern companies. Is that are you getting acquired? I, mean, I, I couldn't comment if we were, right, okay. but you know, Glue's public company. We're always, we're always there. No, we're always yeah. there. No, we, yeah, yeah. Largest shareholder is already ten cents. Yeah, so like, okay. we're on the All map. Right. We're All public, right? Okay. right? Uh, we're already part of that trend in my opinion. Sure. But there'll be more of that, I think. Um, and what's of course giving them advantage is low, lower cost base, huge domestic gaming markets. And, uh, you know, cultures that have great, in some cases like Korea, great broadband. And in China, huge willingness to take your phone and expect it to do a lot for you. So look out for a world of mobile video, VR, and frankly, gaming with mobile VR. 
all those trends can play into that as well. Well, great. Thank you so much, Nicole. This has been a really fascinating conversation. I really appreciate it. Pleasure I'm still here. going with the haptic suit, but okay. All right. <laughs> you know. I said mass market. Mass market, uh, I right? think everyone's going to have a haptic suit. Trust me. Uh, you know, it's just like you can see in the future. We're all going to be these like giant blobs of nothing being like poked by suits and things like that. But, you know, but you're, you're, you look forward to much happier. Three to five years. Three not, to five uh, years. Not, all right. Not 10 okay. years out, yeah. Anyway, Nicola, it's great talking to you. Thanks for coming by. My pleasure. Uh, if you enjoyed this interview as much as I did, be sure to subscribe to the show. Be the first to listen to future episodes or catch up on previous episodes, including some really fantastic interviews with Ricky Van Veen, Dick Costello, and Brian Chesky, just to name a few, all on recode.net slash decode. Also, be sure to check out our other show, Recode Replay. We have scores of red shirt interviews from all our events, including Apple's Jennifer Bailey, The New York Times' Dean Baquette, and President Barack Obama. You might have heard of him. All this and more at recode.net slash replay. Coming up in a minute is my favorite tech guru, Lauren Good of The Verge, Don't Tell Walt Mossberg, here to talk about the top gadgets of 2015. But first, a quick message from one of our sponsors. Today's Too Embarrassed to Ask is brought to you by Audible.com, which has more than 180,000 audiobooks and spoken word audio products. Get a free audiobook of your choice at audible.com slash decode. Welcome, Lauren. Happy almost New Year. I know. I know. Year's almost over. I know. I'm so friggin' old. Do you have resolutions? None. I never do. I'm perfect the way I am. You pretty much are. I know. I like it. I have no no regrets. No regrets. Yeah. Yeah. I have a resolution. What? I'm going to be as cool as you. No. Impossible. 2016. Sorry. You don't have the the aviators to do it. Sorry. Maybe you should get them for me. No, I don't think so. Hmm. I think not. Have you not gotten my Christmas gift yet? Oh, Sorry. Must be in the mail. <laughs> Must be in the mail. <laughs> but you're bringing me gifts here, right? Correct? Yeah. I'll what are you doing it. here? What have you brought in your bag of treats, Santa Claus? I have so much in my bag of treats, but... Um, Let's call you Kris this- Kringle. Papa Christmas. Papa Christmas? I'm going to call you Mama Christmas. All right, Mama Christmas. Right. Come on, Mama Christmas. What do you got for me? Uh, well, we asked people to tell us the product launches that they were most excited about this year. Right. And we got some really cool responses, mm-hmm. but I also have some of my own that I'd yes, like to exactly. okay. weigh in on. So why don't we go through Okay. see what people have so to tell So people us. have to say, and then I want to hear yours, right? Your last of all? Yeah, we'll just put my last. Okay, all right, okay, all right. Okay. So at Gary SFW, YouTube Red. What do you think of YouTube Red? I don't think a lot about it. Why don't you tell me what you think about <laughs> Why don't you think a lot about it? I just it? don't. I don't care about YouTube. My kids watch YouTube. Uh, so, I mean, YouTube uh, has finally launched its long-awaited music subscription service and yeah. ad-free YouTube experience. Yes, got if it. you pay $10 a month yeah, for yeah. one, you get the other and didn't all that. Didn't buy it, thing. but go ahead. You didn't buy it? No. So we're a split household. I'm yeah. currently subscribing to Spotify. I have been for a while. Yes, and I my do. And significant I do other subscribe to that. YouTube Red. So we compare notes a lot. And, and um, I have to say, the whole Google Play slash YouTube Red offering is pretty compelling. Is it? Better than yeah. Apple. I don't even buy Apple. The Apple one either. No, I remember that one. to Apple Music. Yeah. Yeah, I used it for the three-month trial. And why and didn't you like that? And then I... Um, I don't know. There's just too much going on. Yeah. There's too much going on in it. And they recommended a mom jeans playlist for well, me. And I was so brutally well, offended. I well. No, I'm just kidding. They really <laughs> did offer a mom jeans play, playlist yeah. for me. I, oh. But um, no, I mean, I, I still think of iTunes. And I know this is a very unhip thing to say. I still think of iTunes as like a place to buy music and right. then have it be stored locally on the phone. I haven't bought music there in a long time. I do from a time to time. Mm. I mean, sometimes there's a song or an album that did I really want to buy. you buy Adele's song? Hello. 
No, I listen to it on Spotify. Da- exactly. So do I. I yeah. like that Daniel Ek, too. I want to support an entrepreneur yeah. over giant corporations like Google and Apple. I'll be honest with you. Well, and it's a great experience. It. If it was a bad experience. I totally abandoned them in two seconds, of course. Google Play does have some pretty nice playlists. Though. Yes. Okay. And it has search going for All it. All right. I'll try this YouTube bread. I was, yeah, I was urged so. to do so by call, Susan Wojcicki, who runs it. Has Susan spoken on the podcast yet? Uh, she will. She's been a lot. She's spent a lot. All right. This things. is our open invite. All right. Susan, Susan. come on. She's 2016. Okay. Tech coolness. At tech coolness. Would have to be an Apple Watch. Uh, I'm going to disagree with that one. Hmm. All right. What do you think? You know, a few people wrote to me and said the Apple Watch really? is my product launch. Huh. Okay. So it was a cool launch. Mm-hmm. I was so excited when it launched. I really kind of thought my head was going to explode a little yeah. bit because I'd been waiting for Apple to have a wearable for so yeah. long and I was so yeah. excited. Um, but I have to say, I don't think it was the best product launch of all of 2015. Right, right. Why is that? Because, your because I think that Apple is suffering from the same problem that a lot of wearable companies do, which right. is that people put out these wrist things and then, you know, people, the users don't necessarily see the value of them. And their companies I felt are constantly just didn't do enough stuff. on them and it has I didn't to do, do more. Enough stuff. And, the battery yeah. life wasn't that great. Yeah, and uh, I can see my text, which I don't really want to see. It was definitely a version 1.0. I, I, don't, know, I don't know no how doubt. it can improve. I, I think they tried their best. It was the best effort at these things. And it still is not quite there. I think it could improve by having better battery life and GPS. All right, whatever. Those two things think may be mutually exclusive, though. Yeah, I'm just, I'm not, I, I don't wear it. I go back to, I'm wearing a regular watch again because it tells the time better, you know? Um, I would have to say no on the Apple Watch. I, right. But I own it, and I, but I just don't wear it anymore. Um, it's like my bread maker or something. Uh, Phil the Burn at Philip Burn. Oh, Philip. Does Star Wars count? All right. Little word about Philip. Philip works for Samsung and yeah. always tries to say, well, he tried to tell me that his favorite 2015 product launches were like 18 different Samsung products. Right. And I said, Philip, you can't say that. Right. So now uh, we're talking about Star Wars. Does yeah. Star Wars, I don't know, does Star Wars a tech product launch? I don't know. I don't know if it is. No, but it's, it's not. Yeah. All no. Right. Well, it is. It's very, it's the where the geeks got their start, right? Some I mean, people are on. very, very come excited on. about this All the movie. geeks love the Star Wars. The old yeah. geeks. The new geeks. What are they like? I don't know. I don't either. But anyway, Star Wars is a big deal mm-hmm. among those people. But it, I'm going to say it counts. I'm excited. Game are you going to go see it? That's what Game of Thrones. You're right. Mark Zuckerberg no. loves Game of Thrones. Am I going to go see Star Wars? Yeah, probably. I'm going to. I saw the original Star Wars when I was a wee you child. You have like a 10-year-old boy. And yeah. uh, what old is go. Louis now? All right, I'll 13? take him. I'm going to take him you to are see almost, You are obligated no. No, I'm to not go obligated. see Star I'm, Wars. They, I don't think they, they're not that Star Wars-y. You know? Really? No. No, they're not. I'm taking him to see Concussion because my oldest wants to play football and I I have barred it because of that concussion. So I like Will Smith, and he he like it isn't as Will Smith zone. Anyway, I've seen a lot of previews for that. All right, at Lars B O one, Lars is asking Starcraft two, L O T V PC game. Not much excitement, just a little. I I quite literally have no idea what this no, person. Is. I don't know what they're saying. <laughs> I'll call my kid. My kid just called. Eric me on is the laughing phone. at us right now because it's some he PC knows. game that he He's probably like, knows what it is. Eric, is that a good game? And is this? A- He's, shr- he's no shrugging. Idea. Oh my God, Eric is shrugging. Okay, that means sorry. It's really I mean, far I, listen, listen, uh, Lars. We're very happy to include your response. Way down in Nerdville, in our 2015 product list. Junction. We have no idea what you're talking about. Right. We're glad you find enjoyment. Okay, in good. Though. That's good. That's okay. we're not, we're not on. To, we're not with you on that one, Lars. Okay, <laughs> at Wayne Dixon. How many people are main Wayne anymore? Are they just? Just a thought. Hmm. Um, the Apple TV, iPad Pro, the Apple Watch, and Lego Dimensions. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> that, just, that guy just, like, gave us a little glimpse of him, didn't he? Like, <laughs> okay. Let's, the- take, that's, let's unpack this one. Okay, the Apple TV. 
Apple TV, we did vote that at The Verge, yes. the uh, best set-top box that you can buy of right. the new ones, of yep. the new selections. Uh, and I went with Comcast On Demand, which I just like a lot. I use a lot. All right. Okay. Well, uh, all right, Wayne. I'm glad you like your Apple TV iPad Pro. I have to say that was not the most exciting product launch of 2015. No, I'm going to wholeheartedly disagree one, with good. you. You were uh, meh. Wayne, I was meh. Meh. It's a very nice, very big iPad, but I'm not going to say it was the most exciting product no. launch of 2015. Yeah. Do you know the couple- Apple Surface Store, the, the, the Microsoft Surface Store, the other day was kind of full? <laughs> Yeah. It was kind of full. I was like, what, was are they it? hiring people? It was. It was full of people. Well, they, they're probably having some great holiday deals that as well. It was interesting. Yeah. It was full. Well, the sur- and the Surface Book has drummed up a lot of attention. Yeah, In fact, da, 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 that okay. brings us to our next month. Oh, great. Fantastic. Now, an Apple Watch we've dispensed with. We just, we're just, just. And Lego Dimensions, have you played with us? Uh, no, but I'm going to uh, check with my sources, what a.k.a. Is my 11-year-old nephew, yes. and get back to you. My kids love Legos, especially my youngest. Yes. Love them. I'm, he forced me into the Lego store in New York and spent an inordinate amount of time, and then I spent $109 zillion. They're, I just think they're one of the most lasting, amazing, they are. cool things they are. for kids. It is. My kid loves it, and he loves adults. Minecraft because of it, everything else. It's yep. a really good product. All right. Jason Harrier, last one. Harrier J., Easily the Surface Book. So there you go. There you go. Jason was probably at the Microsoft store when you Mm -hmm. were there the other day. You saw all those people there. Yes. So. And your thoughts on that? um, Well, I don't know how I feel about that hinge. Mm -hmm. I think it's a little strange. You don't like the hinge? I think there's. it's a little. All right. Here's the downside. You want to do a little dance around the hinge? It's. I like that commercial. Anyway, go ahead. Sorry. That's Okay. I forgive. All right. It's uh it's heavy. Yeah. It's almost four pounds. Big. Um I don't love the hinge and there's you have to actually press a physical button to remove the display from the keyboard. Oh. Um you don't like that. It's a little weird. Okay. But um, like a magnet. But it's a really, clock. really nice I mean it's like a top of the line yeah. Microsoft's very first yeah. real laptop, yeah. if you want to call but it. The Chromebook that. seems to be eating them up anyway, because it's so cheap, I guess. The Chromebook's gonna appeal to a different yeah, a different crowd. Absolutely. That's All right. Book. You're gonna throw in a few of your own? What do you like? Yeah, well, I would say these are the biggest product launches. Okay. Like, what the heck just happened right. in 2015? Okay. The first are the new iPhones. Right. The second, you know, it's funny. I thought about the Amazon Echo, and then I realized that was actually last year. That was announced last, I believe it was mm-hmm. last November. Yeah. So the Amazon Echo doesn't count. No, we that did was a 2014 video on thing. that one, didn't we? But yeah, that's, that's, a pretty, that's still one of my cool mm-hmm. ones, I think. Yeah. Um, that's one you want me to have for some ungodly reason. Yeah, you so want you can, talking you can to boss me. Alexa around. No, I don't want to boss That's it. why. Piece of equipment around. It's, don't knock it till you try it. I, I will knock it. Um, and I will not try it. <laughs> the Google OnHub router. Yep. What's that? It's a wireless router, which is so hard to get excited about. Because no, they it's are, not even slightly <laughs> easy to get excited about. What do you mean? It's so hard. <laughs> it's impossible. Yes, because they're like so. Because wireless routers are maligned and they're and they're awful and they're I don't ugly. Think anyone talks. No one maligns them. No one talks they're, about wireless. They're just routers. no. Like, they're they're in the back. They're yes, underneath they the chair. People say with the right, why do you like Wi-Fi gets low or the Wi-Fi isn't right. working at home. They yeah. immediately go, oh, the damn router. You know, Shakespeare's does router. Really? No, I just call Comcast and make them fix it. But go, what? That's an even worse experience it's like than wondering your about router. your electrical outlets. It's but go ahead, go they're, ahead. They're they're such a critical piece of home networking All right, infrastructure. Why do you like this one? Because it's pretty? tubular and it's cool, and you can see all kinds of data about it from mm. your the smartphone app. Wow! And it's got all these this crazy antenna pattern. You're one of these people that tracks their electricity, aren't you? 
No, I don't actually like that. I would like that. But okay, all right. It's pretty. All right, the Google Onham router, $200. That's one of my favorite launches of this year. I will not be buying Um, that for Christmas. Go ahead. Another Google thing, the new Nexus 5X and 6P smartphones. I was pretty impressed by those overall. Yeah. Uh, And the Samsung Gear VR. Why were you impressed by them? Why were you? Let me just. Because when you consider that Google has only been doing phones for Mm -hmm. a few years now, and by doing phones, I mean in collaboration with hardware partners like Huawei and like LG and everything. Right. They've actually gotten quite good. Yes, they have to be good, though. It's like being a dermatologist and having bad skin. If they're selling phones, they got to have a, a, a proof-of-concept phone that's pretty good, right? It's true, but keep in mind that we just mentioned at least two pieces of hardware that are coming from Google, right. which uh, started yeah. as a search company and oh. is primarily an ad business. Well, maybe they can make and a battery case making... better looking than the Apple battery <laughs> case, right? If Google made a battery case, it would be probably like double as a hoverboard or yes, something. That's true. It would yeah. be in their moonshot labs yes, and exactly. it would be all crazy all right. and complicated. Well, good. well, I'm glad Google's getting a little fancy. Yeah. They still dress badly. No, they don't. They, they look okay. They look um, better than they used to. Tell you that. I don't know who's they. The Google people. When I see them, they used to be <laughs> just quite collectively lumped together. Like well, they were unkempt as a group of people. They were unkempt. <laughs> Let's just say that they look like unmade beds most of the time. Anyway, uh, last one. Um, the last one is the Samsung Gear VR. Yeah, I'm pretty excited about that. We talked about this on another podcast episode yeah. and recently, and uh, I just think it's a really cool $99, pretty. Yeah, you like it. Great VR and solution. You, you you look undateable in it, just so you know. Thank you. And I know Walt tells me that when I wear wearables, they look like celibacy bands. Yes, they do. Yes. And now yes. you're telling me I'm undateable with VR. Well, if you put those and those on, you're just <laughs> it's one fun Saturday night with your cat. Lauren, good. Good thing you have a boyfriend. Not in the new year. You know, that would be an not issue. in the new year, Kara. In the right. new year, I'm going to be as cool as you are. No, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen at all. Let <laughs> me ask you one quick last question. What thing really bombed, in your opinion, very what quickly? Bombed. Oh, jeez, um, I don't know. I guess I would say the Apple Watch was mm. not nearly oh. as useful as I thought it was going to be. All right, be. then. Well, that's that. Yeah, I'm not wearing mine anymore. Okay. All right. All right, I think civility and political life actually bombed this year, but I'm not going to go on. Oh, but yeah, that's a whole other thing. I mean, it's kind of funny. Uh, Recently, we were talking to Ina Freed about a phone thing, and she said, you're holding the phone wrong. And I said, I feel like we're just holding the world wrong right now. Yes, but that's another topic for another day. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we'll talk about blockers of certain people on Twitter. All right, then, Lauren Good. Let's hope for a better 2016 with more fantastic products. And I look forward to a new show we're going to do eventually. I'm so excited. Just Lauren, Lauren, Lauren. Oh, my goodness. All right, then. (laughs) Happy New Year, Lauren Good. Happy New Year, Kara. Next week, we'll be back with another Too Embarrassed to Ask. And we want to know what all of you may be too embarrassed to ask about we're probably doing this from CES, I think. Lauren, is that correct? Yeah, I think yeah. so. Okay, please tweet me at Kara Swisher with your burning tech questions. Lauren, how can people reach you? At Lauren Good, G-O-O-D-E on Twitter. I'm Lauren A-T-D on Snapchat. Send us your questions with the hashtag T-E-T-A, too embarrassed to ask. Also, at Recode, we're checking that all the time. Yes, so you can always get in touch with indeed. Us and, and we are going to CES. How can I miss you if you won't go away, Lauren? I'm I'm just not, I'm not going away. Okay. Sorry, you're not going to Vegas Vegas baby. Yeah. All right, thanks Lauren and see you next week and thanks to you for listening. This has been another episode of Recode Decode. We now have two episodes every week on Thursday, that's New Year's Eve. Recode senior media editor Peter Kafka will be talking with Helio founder Rufus Griscom. This next Monday, I'll be back with another great guest. Tune in then. This has been Recode Decode hosted by Kara Swisher powered by digital media. 
For more hard-hitting interviews with insiders from the worlds of tech, media, and politics, subscribe to Recode Replay on iTunes. Featuring candid conversations with leading voices like AOL CEO Tim Armstrong, Goldman Sachs' CIO Marty Chavez, the team behind the hit TV show Empire, Shark Tank investor Mark Cuban, and presidential candidate Hillary Clinton. They're all on Recode Replay.